Blog Talk Radio. This is the Roman Show for the week of September 19th. Today we welcome Alexa, the lead singer from Letters from the Fire, who joins us to talk about the band's new album, Worth the Pain. This plus much more on the Roman Show, which starts right now. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in space. Booster, go. Retro, go. Vital, go. Fly, guidance, Surgeon, go. Lightning, go. GNC, we're going. Go. 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 The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. Hello, hello, everyone. Rodolfo Roman, your host of The Roman Show, alongside the co host, George Alonzo, but also the host of Reality Check. You can check that out every single Monday afternoon or evening, actually. Uh, that is when Reality Check drops on a weekly basis. Welcome again to another episode. As things are moving along, just want to give a special shout-out to Athlon Rub and All Natural Sport Rub. Brings their martial arts time-tested Thai oil to all serious athletes. All you got to do is put it on your body, and trust me, before and after, you'll feel like a champ. Warm-up training and recovery is the is what it's all about. So warm better, train harder, recover faster, athlonrub.com. Make sure you follow us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Roman 201, and on Instagram, uh, Roman Show Media, and Facebook, Roman Show Media as well, and then Twitter, at The Roman Show. And lastly, check me out. I'll be at the XFN Show at the Bahia Mar Fort Lauderdale Beach at Double Tree by Hilton Hotel. That's at 801 Seabreeze Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The show starts at 6 p.m. Get your tickets right now. You can visit XFN Nation on Facebook. And uh, it's this Saturday, September 24th, 2016. All right. Well, George, we've got a lot of things to talk about here. How's everything? How's the reality show? Uh, good. I'm actually just enjoying watching people like my photo. You know, photos of me. Because, you know, I am dashing anyway. If you only had a dislike button. All right, here we go. Reality check starts off right now. No pun intended. And now, it's time to give you a reality check. All right, George. Well, obviously the Cruiserweights made their debut on Monday Night Raw. We just... We saw that great fatal four-way setter Alexander, Grand Metalik, the Brian, the Brian Kendrick, and Rich Swan. Obviously, very entertaining. They got a huge pop from the crowd. It's about time we get to see something like this. Your thoughts on the Cruiserweights? Um, well, return. Um, I, 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 for one, I'm very, very happy to see it back. Uh, for And first and foremost... Huge congratulations to uh, D. Brian Kendrick. Uh, I know that both you and I have had the honor to sit down and speak with the man on our respectful shows on this, on you know, on our podcast. And basically, you know, big big congratulations goes out to D. Brian Kendrick for becoming the new number one contender 
to uh, the Cruiserweight Championship. Now, mind you, I thought it was a great start to the Cruiserweight division, starting off with a Fatal 4, but I'm going to say also this. I felt like it was too much of a start. I felt like we could have seen a lot more in a singles match. Don't get me wrong, the Fatal 4-Way was good, but I feel like something more can have been provided in a three-way dance or something, not a Fatal 4. Don't give us everything all at once. You know, because then we're going to be bored of it tomorrow. That's, it's, it's that rule of, of the psyche, you know. Why are you going to give us everything now? What are, because if you give us everything now, what can we expect tomorrow? I mean, at the same time, though, you got to admit, they did give him a lot of time. Uh, and it was a great, great performance by all four men. No, it was a great performance. It, I, I, again, I'm not saying that the match was horrible. But I'm just saying, start it off slow, because... One thing is to entertain the full-sale crowd. Another is to entertain over 15,000 people at Monday Night Raw. You're saying maybe they could have had a couple of matches throughout the three hours? Yes, that could have been better. You know, on top of that, like, uh, I, I, I'm not going to be the one to say, damn, I'm hangry that Lindsay didn't show up. Actually, by all means... I'm proud because now I'm going to be able to tune in next week on Raw to see if Lindsay debuts next week or the following week or the following week because who knows what we're going to get next week. Remember, guys, the Cruiserweight division is a brand new division on television, not on your streaming programs, but on television. So God knows where they're going to go with this. This is literally going to build the first feud of the foundation of that Cruiserweight division. So who's it going to be in the first feud? You don't know. It, it, so far, it looks like Brian Kendrick and TJ Perkins. So far to me, switching gears, let's talk Bubba Ray Dudley. Obviously, he left the WWE alongside Devon Dudley. The Dudley boys left WWE. But he appeared on one of the, uh, over the weekend at the House of Hardcore event. And he came out and threatened to return to TNA and put Matt Hardy, his wife, and son through a table. Do you think this is just a, 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 a storyline? Is, is, is he being serious about this thing? Because we really didn't get a definite answer why the Dudleys left the WWE in the first place. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they were on good terms. Remember, Mr. Roman, the, the Dudleys and the Hardy Boys never, ever looked eye to eye. They were always against each other. They were both two of three teams that created the TLC match. They've always had a long story behind them. You know, so it, it doesn't surprise me that Bubba actually verbally attacks Matt because, of course, I feel like it. So to answer your question, I feel like it's storyline. Remember, I see it at the uh, House of Hardcore at a future uh, event. Now, another individual who left WWE and has now made her way into the business or the indie or other promotions, Brandy Rhodes, the wife of Cody Rhodes, has now been signed to TNA Impact Wrestling. She quotes as saying, a dream come true for the knockouts. So Brandy Rhodes, which, mind you, we remember her on the E! Network or the E! Television by being a ring announcer, is now going to take her shot at being a professional wrestler. We were having a discussion that she did have some sort of training prior, but not too much. Yeah, she was actually in training uh, in FCW. From what I understand, I think she only had one match under her resume. 
So God knows what she's going to bring to TNA, personally. You know, I, I don't even know what TNA knockouts are on that division. Personally, I thought it was a great division. Uh, they have some, uh, I take it back, I do know some. Uh, they have Gail Kim, they have Cherry Bomb, they have, uh, let me see, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Su uh, they have, no, they do not have Su Young. They have uh, Mia Yim, uh, Jade is her, her name. Uh, you know, they have some great, great stars. And then you got those little side divas, per se, that never really had a training per se as wrestling they don't have big wrestling resumes like the gail kims you got maria and then you got brandy rhodes so here you have the wwe giving these women a flagship you know turning them from divas to women wrestlers well in tna you still have those little names popping up like the marias and the brandy rhodes Listen, TNA better not screw this up because now the fans are on the side of the WWE when it comes to women wrestlers. Do not screw this up. And they were known the knockouts. If you go back up, say, two, three years ago, I would roughly say, and not to say that the knockout division is not good, but it was better, let's be honest. You, got gr you had great talent. And to me, aside from the X division, the only reason why I would watch TNA is because of the knockouts. Because back then they actually did have some great great names on their knockouts uh, division. They have uh, they they had uh, everyone from Velvet Sky to uh, let me see An Angela. Love. Thank you, Angelina Love, Kong, they, uh, Gail Kim. They actually had professional wrestlers taking over that division, which then WWE kind of like said, "Hey, let's do the same thing. Let's give these divas a chance." And now it seems to me like it almost turned around on them. Now is TNA doing what WWE used to do? Because it's not just full of wrestlers with big resumes anymore. It's wrestlers and semi-wrestlers. And I, I don't know where to go with this, but like I said, TNA better not screw this up because right now the fans are the WWE side just because they're known as superstars and not divas. WWE and TNA, the New York Post uh, posted an article on Billy Corgan, former, or no, not former, he still is, lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkin, and now a uh, majority owner of TNA. He, he mentioned in an article that the WWE, uh, there was an interest in this article, that the WWE interested in buying TNA, uh, and also that WWE and Sinclair Group have reportedly made bids for the company. Uh, Sinclair Group owns Ring of Honor. Now, we don't know how much truthful this is, but we had this discussion, you and I, prior to the show, that the only really the reason why the WWE would invest in TNA is because of their video library. They have a lot of archives there that a lot of people want to see. I mean, guys who are currently on the WWE who were part of TNA, one being AJ Styles, and there's a whole long list of them. So people would love to go back and watch those matches. Plus, uh, we were just talking about X Division, Knockout Division. Those were great, great, great divisions in TNA that to this day, you know, it has still some validity to it. Can you imagine the buildups that they could now get from clips from those times? They could literally say that when AJ and Samoa Joe are on the same brand, for instance, they could literally grab clips from their time in TNA and say, 
their feud has been since this time. So it would be great just for building story alone. So if they're bidding for just the library, I say, hey, it's not money wasted. Now, would you think that they would bid to keep TNA Impact Wrestling alive? Uh, and allegedly, I just want to say, allegedly, TNA is worth $40 million. This is something they're throwing out there. Don't know how much, how truth this is. I don't think they'll keep TNA alive. Because us as fans, when, when they actually said that they were buying WCC, WCW, here we were all thinking, and and you can't deny this because you and I were even discussed this during that time, we were like, oh my god, so WCW is still stinking around because of the Shane McMahon promo. They're just, you know, it's two different kind of like brands, like how they're doing now with SmackDown and Raw. But no, they ended up closing it down. And then they ended up doing the Raw and SmackDown draft, uh, you know, draft thing. So personally, I don't think TNA will be around and I feel like WWE will pick and choose who they want to bring onto the WWE like they did with the, uh, WCW. But no, I don't think TNA will be around. Now, what about Sinclair, who owns Ring of Honor, purchased it? Again, Sinclair did not want TNA. Sinclair wanted the time slots to put Ring of Honor there. So is Sinclair, he's doing it smart. He could care less about the library. He could care less about the product. He could care less about every, anything. He just wants those slots because he think, they think they could do a lot better job in ratings. And personally, with the way things are going, I think they can. Although, and I told you this prior, when they were on um, the, 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 the recent network that they were on, uh, America's Destination, or Destination America, that ROA show that they, that they um, were, were, were showcasing that followed TNA, to me, in my opinion, it was just watered down. But here's the thing, though. It, listen, you can't really expect the same product that happened yesterday to happen today. The sport evolves, okay? It has to evolve to survive. And personally, back then when Ring of Honor first started, it was high spot after high spot after high spot after high spot. But now... Fans are, do look for those high spots, but they don't constantly look for it every five seconds anymore. They like their wrestling mixed with their high spot. So what did Ring of Honor do? They stopped the high spot after high spot, and they just do wrestling. But they do great wrestling. Let's, yeah, let's shift to TNA now. TNA, horrible stories, horrible characters. The great wrestlers that they have, they take them off TV like the Wolves. And I don't even, for Christ's sake, the, the champion is Bobby Lashley. And you barely ever see him. He's doing, he's more concentrated on MMA. I, I, I listen, TNA is just in shambles right now. We're going to welcome in Alexa from Letters from the Fire, who uh, joins us to speak about the band's new album. She just recently joined the band Worth the, plane, worth the Pain is out right now. It actually dropped this month. You got great songs in, like Given to Me. You could check out those video links and those videos on our website, theromanshow.com. Check out Alexa, beautiful, and personally, and, and her voice is just phenomenal. You want to check out because she lets us know about who is her inspiration. What were the people that inspired her to be a singer? And ironically, in a rock band. Check this out, Alexa, 
from Letters from the Fire. The album is out right now. Worth the pain. And check them out on tour right now at a city near you. Marlins fans, you don't have to wait for the 2017 All-Star Game at Marlins Park to catch All-Star Fever. Awesome. This year, every Saturday is an All-Star Saturday. I like it. Every Saturday home game will feature a bobblehead giveaway of your favorite Marlins All-Stars in franchise history. Charles Johnson, Jeff Conine, Mike Lowell, Al Leiter, Dontrell Willis, and many more. I do love those guys. Go to Marlins.com today and secure your tickets for All-Star Saturday. Bobbleheads will be available while supplies last. All right, everyone, thanks again for joining us here on The Roman Show, and make sure to catch this band right now. Coming to a city near you, it's Letters from the Fire. I'm sure you've heard several of their songs on Sirius Octane, and now we have the uh, opportunity of speaking to Alexa of the band. Hey, Alexa, how are you? How's everything going? Hi, I'm great. How are you doing? Absolutely great. Can't complain. You know, been been jamming to your music. Uh, actually, the first time I, I started listening to it was Octane. They, they heavily play Letters from the Fire, and uh, one thing that I remember the first time, from the first song that I heard from you guys was Eleanor Rigby. Uh, one of the famous songs of the Beatles you guys made a cover for. Uh, and I got to say, you guys did a great job with it. Thank you so much. That was actually before I uh, even joined the band. So. That, that right there, that song, obviously, and, and of course it started before you joined the band, but do, doing a cover song, like an Eleanor Rigby, a very popular song with the Beatles. Is there a lot of pressure because this is a song that many people know, and you gotta do it something as good, or or people, so people can start talking about it. Is there a lot of pressure in in doing a cover song? Well, uh, considering that I didn't do the song, there was no pressure on me, so. <laughs> You, you just, I can't speak for the guys because I, I, I don't know what was going through their minds at that point. <laughs> gotcha. Now, you guys right now are on tour. Uh, you're on with uh, Art of Dying and uh, Children of 183. Uh, how's the tour going so far? Um, It's been really great. The response has been awesome, and um, we love the bands that we're on tour with. It's been a lot of fun. And Alexa, tell us a little bit about the new music coming out. I know that you guys have put some stuff out there. Uh, but what can you let us know? What can people expect? And um, this is our first release with me as a singer in our first full-length record. Um, I think it has a little bit of stuff for everyone. Um, you know, it has catchy hooks for people who like that kind of stuff. And it has, you know, heavy breakdowns and stuff like that for people who are into, like, rock and metal. So I think a lot of people can like, uh, will like what we, what we did on this record. Joining the band, um, how was it to come together with this band and, and try to get yourself in there to be part of this band, to, to be part of this team? Any difficulties, any challenges, or, or was it a right fit? Um, I thought maybe that it would be a little difficult with the fan base, just because I'm replacing a male as a female, but um, everyone really welcomed me with open arms, and, and uh, the guys were great. You know, we jumped right into the studio as soon as I joined, so... And they kind of let me do my thing, so there was really no, you know, no issue in that that uh, sense. And one thing about it is that actually we're seeing in metal a lot of the female uh, lead singers. You know, they've they've had so much success recently. I mean, one of them, around Lizzie Elster from Hailstorm, uh, Maria Brinks from In This Moment. So many female lead artists. Um, it, it seems like there's a revolution of, of female lead singers in metal uh, as, of, as of recently. Um, yeah, but I think there's definitely room for a lot more. I, I want to see the day when there's an equal number of, of male and female artists in this genre, not just as singers, but as 
guitarist, drummer, and bassist, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. Um, but it's definitely awesome to see that number creeping up there. As far as you, who would you say, who are one of your top motivations or inspirations that got you involved with, with singing, uh, with metal, with rock in general? Who are your top uh, inspirations? Um, well, the, I really, I wanted to sing, uh, be a singer for as long as I can remember, but one of my first, like, huge inspirations was actually Christina Aguilera when I was a kid, and, um, but from a rock, a rock standpoint, um, I think Alanis Morissette's vocals are, are unreal, and Pink Lucy Hale is also incredible, and um, yeah, that's kind of who I look to. It's funny you mentioned Christina Aguilera, because when you think of her, you know, you think about a pop singer, you think about her being on The Voice, uh, and all these other things, but remember there's one song, Fighter, where she has some really, really heavy riffs in that song. Yeah, for sure. I love that song. Now, when it comes to writing, um, where do you find 10 times to write, get, get with the boys and start writing and get together and producing some of this, uh, this work? And, and is it on tour or do you guys take a break? Well, for this record, we just hopped right in the studio as soon as I joined the band. And um, the guys sat down and wrote the music part, and then I sat down and I, and if I couldn't finish it, I would work with, I worked with a couple people, a couple different people on this record. Um, that helps me to kind of hone in on, on some songs. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how it went. The boys handled the music and I handled the top line. So of course you guys are on tour right now as we speak during uh, the rest of the, the fall. Um, so far, what has been the, the outcome? What has been the response from the people? And what can people respond uh, for those fans that are going to see you uh, at, a, at a show uh, real soon? Um, the response has been absolutely amazing so far. Um, I don't think we were expecting such a great response, and it's been, you know, it's always awesome to, to have people telling you that they loved your show. Um, I just, I think that if you are getting ready to see us, be ready for high energy, be ready to rock out with us, and we like to see everyone out there, you know, headbanging along. Well, Lex, I want to thank you so much for your time. I and mean, you guys are busy there on tour. Check them out. Let us from the fire. Check out the new album right now. You can check it out on your iTunes, your Spotify, and the rest of the other areas you can purchase it. Thanks so much for your time, Alexa. I'm looking forward to seeing you out on the road. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to The Showdown. Welcome back, everyone. This is MMA Showdown. George, I know we spoke about wrestling uh, in the previous segment, but want to talk uh, about Seth Petrozelli. Seth Petrozelli, we all remember him. He was actually in the UFC, and he was also part of, well, well-known for knocking out the late Kimbo Slice, who at the time Kimbo was his unstoppable man. And Seth Petrozelli came in, who uh, was a last-minute replacement, because originally it was, it was going to be Kimbo versus Ken Shamrock. Shamrock wasn't able to fight because of a, a cut he had in his eye during training. Seth stepped in. Everyone thought, ah, you know, this is a white guy who's going to get knocked out by Kimbo. Uh-uh, it was the complete opposite. In less than a minute, Seth Petrozelli knocked out Kimbo Slice and left that entire building quiet. And that was actually right here in South Florida, actually, in Sunrise. And now Seth Roselli, he joined NXT. He was the eye coordinator, if you want to say. He was the one that was telling all of the NXT wrestlers, 
the the how to teach them the striking. If you recall, they were doing some. And actually, uh, there was a promo where Asuka, uh, you see her training with Seth Partizelling on her hands. Either way, he came out at a recent uh, pro wrestling show, which is I believe in wrestling, and nonetheless, the striking coach of NXT said that you know he might consider being a professional wrestler. And he said this to Mr. St. Laurent. Um, again, this is at uh, I Believe in Wrestling, and allegedly he is training with I Believe in Wrestling, who is the trainer, the, the head trainer there, Chase and Rance. So Seth Petrozelli, in my opinion, believe it or not, although he, he was a decent fighter, not the best fighter. You know, again, he's always known for that knockout of Kimball. But I personally think he's a very entertaining person in general. He, he used to come out with his funky hair colors. And I think in, in one of the pre-workouts, he came out with like a sumo get-up get and so forth. So let me tell you, Seth Petrozelli, who, who I know very well on a personal level, would be a phenomenal professional wrestler. I could only imagine all the rainbow colors he's going to come out with in his head. But listen, after being around professional wrestling for as long as he did, uh, coaching these guys uh, in striking and all that good, happy-go-lucky stuff, but eventually you were going to be caught with the wrestling itch. Okay? Like, it's undeniable. It's something very hard to overcome. It's like a freaking drug. Like, once you get in that ring and you take that first bump, you want to take another one and another one and another one. It's, it, it just it, it, it comes with the program, I guess. And I guess it just hit him. And let me tell you, I think it'd be a, a good, good transition for him. We've seen some other MMA fighters who have made that transition. One of them being Matt Riddle, who is phenomenal as a professional wrestler. He's had a great run over in the Indies. And um, actually, the WWE has been eyeing him and has basically said, look, go out there in the WWN. And, you know, give you a couple of months, year or two, take some matches, and we'll talk later. So I think Seth Fertizelli has a really good chance. He's in the right place. He lives in Orlando. He has two gyms over there. He's on the right track. Oh, yeah, of course. And on top of that, the guy has a great look. Just, just the, the whole hair color thing that he does grabs your attention. He's, you, you ask yourself, oh, God, what color is he coming out with today? You know, it's it's kind of like that kind of thing. And, and on top of that, he's always been a rebel. He's, he, he was a great fighter when he was in the UFC. Uh, it, like, he's bringing that momentum over to the world of sports entertainment. And here's what I even find coincidence, per se, that right now you you got uh, Conor McGregor talking so much garbage about the WWE and their WWE superstars. Now you got a former UFC fighter Joining their ranks, what do you do now? Enough. Well, I'll tell you about another guy who loves to talk a lot of crap, and that is the baddest man in the world. I'm talking about Chael Sonnen, who is now returning to action inside the cage. That is the Bellator cage. If you recall, Chael Sonnen was suspended for using some illegal substances. He is free now, and he has signed a contract with Bellator. His first opponent will be none other than Mr. Tito Ortiz, the UFC Hall of Famer, a legendary man himself it is, although the UFC doesn't, they don't get along too well. But Tito Ortiz and Chael Sonnen, you can just expect that the verbal um, comments or the promos are going to be off the hook. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and uh, let me just say this. Uh, for Chael Sonnen, great guy on the mic. He knows how to... He, he, 
I don't want to compare him to a Conor McGregor, technically, but his ways to talk are colorful. <laughs> okay, they they are colorful. And then you got Tito Ortiz, one of the strongest chins in, in MMA history. Like Chuck Liddell literally had to beat that man black and blue for him to even go down. But the question is, has age really gone against Tito in this? Because Cheo is the younger of the two. So it's, it's a toss-up because you will get viewers just because it's Cheo Sonnen alone. But I'm going with Cheo Sonnen on this one. And I am with you. I think Cheo Sonnen will definitely win this fight. Um, now, needless to say, it's very important to say that at the time, Cheo Sonnen said the reason why he was taking this illegal substance is because, you know, as a person, as a man, as you get older, your testosterone level gets a little lower. They got to give you a little, you know, roids in there to boost up your testosterone. But there are consequences if he were to once again slip into his old ways. So this uh, new free agent contract has a massive punishment if he does violate that policy. So Chael Sonnen, we're going to get a clean Chael Sonnen. We're not going to get a guy who is on the juice. Uh, again, Chael Sonnen is a, is a very, very famous guy to speak his mind, you know, when it comes to... A lot of people would say that Chael Sonnen reminds them of a WWE wrestler inside the octagon because the guy doesn't just talk real. He cuts promos, okay? He cuts promos, legit promos. And it's going to be interesting to see how what he's going to say about Tito Ortiz. Like, don't get me wrong, the fight probably will be very good. But I'm actually looking forward to the promos <laughs> to see what's going to happen towards the fight, just to see what he's going to say t towards Tito. All right. All right. And at last, though, we finish off this episode of The Roman Show. Chris Cyborg returns to action on the UFC Fight Night event happening this Saturday, September 24th. She takes on Lena Landsberg, also Hanan Barao, former champ, takes on Philip Novar, and then Roy Nelson, big country, takes on Antonio Bigfoot Silva. Both those guys are going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe inside the octagon. And with that tough topic of Chris Cyborg making her return, someone asked Dana White, hey, are we going to add a new women's division in the UFC, a 145 or a 125? Well, MMA fans, you're going to have to wait because D. White, the UFC president, has gone instead. No, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Look, it took forever to get the women to fight in mixed martial arts. So I don't think we're going to get the 145 and 125 that quickly. Plus, women in, in, in these two divisions are kind of hard to find. They're not as just like as easy going. And in fact, they're trying to get Chris Cyborg to lose that pound, those, those uh, about what, 10 pounds to hopefully, hopefully get to get that match or that fight between Ronda Rousey and Chris Cyborg. So as of right now, 145, 125 is off the bat. doesn't say it won't happen. It possibly could. But we're just going to have to be a little patient. But the Cyborg and Rousey fight could happen if they agree, number one, on a certain weight class or if Cyborg goes all the way down because Ronda Rousey's not going to go up. Yeah, and and trust me, that's a dream fight if there ever was one. You know, if you thought, um, what are these two boxers called? Uh, Mayweather and uh, and Pacquiao was a, a dream fight? No, man, no, you have no idea. 
I feel like Cyborg and, and Ronda Rousey will blow the roof off whatever, you know, arena Dana White decides to take it to because that is a fight everyone's been waiting to see. Even when Ronda Rousey was champion, everyone was saying, oh, you know who's going to beat Ronda for that title? is Cyborg, and it never happened. So trust me, people are on board for that fight. Absolutely. Well, we'll have, hope to catch you guys at uh, XFN this weekend at the Bahia Mar in Fort Lauderdale. Get your tickets at eventbrite.com, XFN 10. You got the Tournament of Titans. The single is a 16-man single elimination MMA tournament spread over four events. The winner of this tournament will get a contract with Titan FC. As a reminder, Titan FC returns on October 29th, Saturday at the Bank United Center in Coral Gables, Florida. With that being said, we will catch you next week right here on The Roman Show. We welcome Aaron Solo of the WWN Live Network. With this, we leave you till next week. If you haven't been on, you haven't been heard. This has been The Roman Show. <laughs>